welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Dr. Fred Moss. He's a graduate of Northwestern University Medical School and has been a licensed psychiatrist who has consulted with patients, practitioners, medical facilities, and nonprofit organizations for nearly four decades. He's now dedicated his efforts to establishing his brand, Welcome to Humanity, as a home base for his work as a speaker, consultant, and advisor, and for his mental health and life coaching practice as a non-medicating psychiatrist. Thank you, Tom. Fred, welcome back to the show. Fred is a psychiatrist who's got quite a story. We spent the first podcast talking a little bit about his transitions and his outlook. And um, he practiced traditional psychology. He dealt with medications and then went on his own healing journey. And uh, it's a wonderful story. And he stated very clearly in the first podcast about how listening is a healing modality. And I've said that also for a long time is that you can do all these different interventions, but if you don't know your patient, they don't feel safe with you, the rest of it doesn't work. So I've said this for a long time. I have my process, Fred has his, but that healing relationship with your clinical provider is a huge factor in healing. But I also want to go a different direction here. So Fred's Mm -hmm. a psychiatrist. He does a lot of coaching, which we'll talk about also. And he found true healing for himself and also with his patients. And so, Fred, welcome back. I'm excited to talk to you. We got to say somehow, somewhat in the light, I could talk to you about 100 different topics here. Absolutely. So I'm just so so excited about your perspective in general. So right now, just we just briefly just point out what you're doing. You have different podcasts and things that you're doing to bring this message out into the world that listening is a healing modality is part of it. Mm-hmm. And so you have a couple podcasts that you do. I do. I have my own podcast that I've been uh, once a week uh, dropping really great episodes with world leaders like yourself. Um, That's the Welcome to Humanity podcast. And you can find that at welcometohumanity.net forward slash podcast or at any of the podcast uh, broadcast uh, applications. And then I have another podcast we just post-produced this morning, David, the first four episodes of 15 that we have uh, already recorded. So we're really ready to drop these four. And that's a podcast called Insanity, which I co-host with my very good friend and just a magical person named Sam Morris. Uh, That's two words, insanity, as we look at the edge of sanity and insanity, some of the things that you and I have spoken of. Um, And then the other things that I do with my life these days is I am an expert Uh, witness in the courtroom. So I take on difficult cases, offering expert opinion based on the 40 years of experience that I've had in mental health, 30 plus and as a a formal psychiatrist in multiple different capacities around this country. And I've really seen how psychiatry is delivered in, I can't tell you how many different pathways from a leadership position. And so I use that experience to actually uh, create precedence in the world of judicial system, like actually maybe making a difference in areas of psychiatry that otherwise have gone untouched for the last 50 years or so. And then, of course, uh, there's the bread and butter of what I do, which is uh, I do coaching for the proper clients, for those who are really looking to either get out of a system that isn't helping them or perhaps contributing to them uh, getting worse 
or to even address people who are considering going into the conventional system based on being uncomfortable or in some degree of um, pain or misery. And then they come into the system and they're about to get a diagnosis and a medication that is likely to perpetuate cause or, you know, maybe even be at the root of this pain from there on. And they know that and want to look at one last exit ramp before they do that. I would be the guy for that. So we have a conversation, a fundamental foundational conversation where the goal is to transform, to reconfigure the narrative, reconfigure the conversation that otherwise supports the whole notion of mental illness and relook at that as a way of just having people use creativity to find their real voice. And when that happens, we get a whole new healing journey that starts from there. Well, it's been fascinating for me. And I, just, and I really want to focus on one part of your journey here, which I think is interesting. And that's from the provider standpoint. I love this. Yes. So I have said this for a long time is that the relationship <laughs> with your doctor is really, really key to, to healing. And the bottom line is you feel safe, which changes your body's chemistry. Yes. So you go for, so, so a threat physiology is adrenaline, cortisol, and, and feeling hyper versus, you know, um, growth hormone, oxytocin, dopamine, all these great chemicals. And so what you're doing is you feel safe that you change body's chemistry and people heal. Mm -hmm. And you pointed out in the last podcast that when people actually felt listened to and safe, their symptoms disappear. And you held out the concept that healing, that listening in a way is the one modality that you can't really work around. It may be the only modality that you need. That's right. And that's getting connected. So what I found out the hard way is that I really cannot connect to my patients any better than I was connected to myself. Beautiful. And I went through a 15 year, actually longer, at least 15 years of pure health and chronic pain, anxiety, depression, all sorts of stuff. So it's like a forest fire, which is not a good term in California these days. Um, it just burned, it just blew me out. I mean, there's nothing left to me. And when we get down to the basic starting point, I had to connect with myself. Then I started to notice that my connection to the patients went up dramatically. Right. So I thought I was connected before, but I was not. Right. So what I'm really interested to hear is your perspective on the connection of the physician or the healthcare provider with themselves mm -hmm. and how that translates into patient care. Okay. Well, let's see if we can take this on. You know, most of us, when we decided to go into healthcare, we had a, a pure vision. We were like, we want to help people. We want to be of service. We, you know, we have the aptitude or we have the energy or we have, uh, you know, maybe the, the history or uh, uh, we have the essential goods necessary to help others. And then we choose the the healing field. So maybe a social worker or a nurse, or in our case, as an actual physician, and we go through the rigors of what it is to become a physician. And, you know, if you recall, I certainly do there. If we would have stayed on that pathway each and every day, the way it was meant to be, we would have some pretty swollen feet, blistered feet and blistered brains from right. doing it the way that they wanted us to do it. Now, the truth is I did it a little bit differently. I love going to Northwestern University because I love Chicago, Illinois. And I was all over Chicago, Illinois during medical school. I went all from the South to the West to the, and I don't forget the East because I love the lake on the, on, on the side there. And I spent a lot of my time outdoors in nature, talking to people, going to Cubs games, going to theater. And really my psychiatric uh, upbringing uh, inside a formal medical school was 
was refined and in some ways enhanced by who I was in the city of Chicago. Now, just like you, for the first 15 years or 20 years of my uh, psychiatric career, I thought I was connecting. I thought I was connected to myself. I thought I was aligned. And I have done so much work over the years with my own therapy, my own psychoanalysis, my own spiritual growth, my own, uh, you know, delving into growth and development courses where I, you know, I've done, I did landmark education. I was really, and I remain very much respectful of that education. I did mankind project so I could get in touch with my own manly, you know, my own, what it likes to be, what it's like to be a man or to be, what is the mas masculine expression in these difficult times. And then I've also did religious, uh, re religious and spiritual growth. I, I lived in Israel for a whole year. I actually got my citizenship in Israel while I was there. And so I have an Israeli passport, just saying. Um, and, you know, what you speak to here is really important. We spoke in our last conversation about the, um, you know, in order for a tuning fork to tune another tuning fork, it has to be in tune itself. And there's something like really physician heal thyself might be the more important thing than do no harm. Right. Like, dude, if you're going to heal, you got to know what healing looks like and you got to know that from within. Right. Yeah. Ab absolutely. The benchmark, if I'm miserable, I how, how are you counting on me to let you know when you're healed when I'm not anywhere near healed? Right. And I should say one little comment here, but the biggest problem is at least my serious experience is that we are healers. That's our identity. And we keep working on building, building up that identity, but we get attached to the identity instead of being connected to ourselves. Absolutely. And so you think you're connected and you're actually not. And so becoming aware of your unawareness is actually a fairly big challenge. It is. So I'm really, so I'm really curious your perspective um, for always we clearly have ended up in a similar spots from different, completely different pathways. But I'm really curious that you did a lot of personal work, which I applaud also. I did the same. But something happened to you that allowed you to connect with yourself in a way that was much different. Then you obviously noticed you started connecting with your patients differently, as did I. Mm -hmm. And jumped into the story as you actually connected to yourself and connect to your patients. When they connect back to you, it's just incredibly energizing. Incredibly energizing. That's right. right. So the essence of preventing burnouts is actually talking and listening to your patients and not just being a talking head, actually truly listening and being there and, and just find out who they were. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what was that transition point where as a yeah. professional, knowing lots of knowledge, lots of courses, something changed? I'm really yeah. curious about that. Well, it, it, it isn't that it changed. It actually stayed alive and then it finally moved to front and center. So it's always been here. There's this idea of really looking across, whether it's across the screen or across the room or across the aisle at whoever I'm with and realizing that what's over there is another soul, another human, no better, no worse than me. What's really over there is not something like the, the doctor-patient relationship, the, the power gradient that gets set up in the doctor and the patient is uh, an insurmountable, it's, it can be seen as an insurmountable hurdle. And so if I can look across the room, across the aisle, across the screen at you and get you as simply another human being, working to get through this day and this minute, just like I am, without much of a clue as to what to say or what to do next. 
and really struggling with similar issues and in fact get honest with myself that more than likely the issues you're struggling with I've had myself right like there's not a me I'm well and you're not and I have something for you and if you're a good person you'll receive it that right. somewhat the medical model is based on that that is just a duplicitous model that is based in nonsense and what we're really talking about here is let's start with level ground each of us is living a life that is built on a pathway through uh, an experience that has core wounds in the center and then has ongoing trauma and injury that has taken us off course or caused us to um, reflexively contract, not just physically, but emotionally as well, to become duplicitous, to start saying things that are not consistent with who we really are, to start pretending that we're doing things that are aligned with us when in fact they're not, and creating a fracture in how we see the world. That level of pathology, if utilized to attempt to write the course of another, will not work will not work. So there's an opportunity to really become aligned in through mindfulness and through nutrition and through service and through creativity and primarily in through communication, both verbally and non-verbally with another. Now, if you start from there, David, if you actually start that that's the space for which now the people who are coming to me are actually getting a shamanic based healer like someone who can be there and listen and be curious enough to get to the root of what's underneath and what's real here. What is the human problem that needs to be discovered? Well, then miracles arise right from there. We're starting right. now. First minute. Yep. Yep. So how long ago did, did that sort of transition take place for you? <laughs> I know I keep asking this question because no, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Here's the thing. I think if we go back to the history it isn't like I've ever really thought differently than this. I was forced out of the box is what I feel like, especially with the advent of the of the psychiatric, um, you know, pharma, pharmacological industry. So the the post Prozac psychological psychiatric industry. Um, and I think I packaged this up and kept it dormant while I then became an upstanding conventional psychiatrist center right. of the I was center of the conversation. You could trust me to be able to discuss anything I needed to with any of the other disciplines. I was a great consult liaison psychiatrist in the hospital. You more than likely would have, when you were doing conventional work, could have been pretty confident that hey, let's just consult Moss. And then I would come as a psychiatrist and we would share uh, the cross realm conversation with each other. Your surgical experience and my psychiatric experience could interdigitate. But the truth is, in 2006, I would say that was the year where I was brought to my knees for some own personal experiences that went through. I had my own trauma. I actually had back surgery in 2006. I had divorce in 2006. I had a challenge from the medical board that fortunately I was very able to, uh, to get over that hurdle over the next year or two, but it was stressful. And so my stress in 2006 was large enough that I was brought to the truth that I am simply another citizen. I am simply another human. And who was I to think that I was above that fracas? So when that happened, I think that's when I decided this is so much more fun and so much more real to deal with people like people like me, like everyone is just another person like me. And it was from there that I think the whole idea of uh, 
uh, what, what does a surgeon do? You know, almost like un, un, uh, like dehissing and un, and opening up uh, who I could be as a real person with others became uh, available. And that's when my real healing journey began in 2006. So that, yeah, that's, the answer. that's exactly what I thought might have happened. I mean, at a certain point, you just go through this fire that's so intense that you just, you just are you. There's not, there's not a lot else left. There's not right? anything left. That's right. And see, I still think, maybe I'm wrong here, is I still think you can help people connect to, the, connect to themselves without having to go through that severe of an ordeal. I mean, mine was as bad as yours. What's that? That's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you teach... Mm-hmm. So the problem with physicians in general is that we're, we are good people. The compassion index of physicians is higher than average in the pre-medical student days. It plummets by the third year residency. So there's an additional factor of we're trying, we, we may not be so connected to ourselves to start. We may be more connected to our ideals of doing a good job, but we do know under what's called allostatic load or just pure stress that we get in a very defensive survival mode and it's really hard to reach out to somebody else when you're trying to survive yourself, as you well know. And so I have said this jokingly, but for instance, I think the healing journey starts at the bottom. When we start my process called the DOC journey, I said, look, start with your skepticism, go to the swamp, go into the dirt, just get down deep and dirty because that's life. That's we're all on the same page there. So you start moving forward on your terms based on a very solid foundation. But I want to jump to the end of the story and ask you two questions here. One of them is, I'd love to hear a couple of success stories that you're seeing now compared mm-hmm. to doing traditional psychiatry. Mm-hmm. But I also like to tell, um, also share with the audience your just general flavor of when you're coaching people compared to doing traditional psychiatry, what that looks like. Sure. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to start with the second question first, because I think what we're really looking at here, when you've said a couple times that, you know, modern medicine has taken away our ability to actually communicate with people. They don't give us time, et cetera. What coaching allows for is that time is back now. Okay. No one's in my way. I can do, do you do this in a group setting or individual or both? Well, it's, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Generally, I like one-to-one. People tend to like one-to-one. I do have a group setting uh, format that I utilize at times when people, if, if shared resources is the proper uh, intervention to bring forth what's necessary, sometimes it is. If they were all working on similar like-minded projects, such as the creation of a podcast, for instance, I have a program that creates podcasts for people. It's called the True Voice Podcasting Program. And so what we do there is we help people find their voice in, uh, with the idea of finding your voice, building your tribe and creating your legacy. And you walk away with the, you know, like a paperweight, the paperweight you get when you're done is, is, a, is, a, is a functional working, um, really actually top-notch podcast. And so uh, helping people really get their voice out in a platform that is consistent with the listenership that, want, that is eager to hear what they're up to sometimes is the breakthrough that people need to relieve themselves of not only psychological symptoms, but psychological and of course, spiritual and without doubt, physical symptoms that otherwise might have needed or might have thought to have been needed some medication or perhaps even surgical intervention when in fact, all it really needed was um, having someone aligned and being able to be with them. Like right. the idea of really being with another person. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's how that goes, you know? So, so if I were to actually, so you have a website is, I'm sorry, I'm I welcome to humanity. Okay. So if somebody's going to access their, 
your services that it would be through that website, correct? That's right. They would, you know, they would uh, schedule a discovery call with me. And okay. uh, there are a number of buttons on that website for which that can be done. But if you okay. write me, it's also at Dr. Fred at welcome to humanity.net if you're interested in speaking a little more. And we have a, a brief conversation, uh, maybe a conversation to really uh, check to see if the services that I provide are consistent with the services that you're looking for. In other words, if you're really looking to find your true voice, then I'm someone who can really assist with that. I'm I've been doing that for others for really 40 years or even even before that. It's really what I've been up to. And so now I have a tried and true methodology that uncovers the things, unconceals, uh, uncovers your true voice, your true message, like takes the cobwebs off, takes the duplicity off, takes the things off that are otherwise in the way of you being aligned with yourself. And then what's there is already there, which is your true voice. And maybe that's the answer that I was speaking of earlier. When you say, when did this really happen? It's been here the whole time. It's just right. been distorted by what I otherwise became in my training and my growth and, you know, in my growth in the industry or, you know, marriage and bills and life and, you know, pain and suffering and all those things that happen in circumstances that otherwise cause me to constrict or con right. contract. Yeah. Of course, Fred, you and I have something in common is that we both like to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's, it's fun. I mean, it makes life more interesting. And, it's and the other thing is, I don't know why this seems so obvious now, but it wasn't so obvious before, is that if you're busy giving opinions about you think this, this, and this, or this, this, and this, you're projecting your view of the world onto other people, really, it becomes tedious. It's not so interesting. Listening is incredibly interesting incredibly interesting right there's no it's, really inf is. it's infinite you can, you know what i mean you could just can't even get in trouble you can't you can't even get in trouble when you're listening <laughs> i have to think about that <laughs> it's true no you cannot it is only in trouble when you speak to what you thought you heard but if all you. you're doing is listening you will not be getting in trouble during that process so can you give us sort of a feel for the successes you're seeing now with this approach compared to your traditional Sure, training. sure. There's two ranges of success that I think I'm seeing. I'm seeing clinicians who have been warped, who have been duplicitous, who have really not been true to themselves, who are, you know, coming around experienced therapists, experienced coaches, experienced clinicians who are at a stage in their life where they realize that their life is not fulfilling because they're going to work not really being the person that they said they were. So right. those people, when we can clean them up and, and psychoanalysis and early psychiatric uh, psychotherapy used to say that that's what it was headed for, that communication with another, whether that be through, you know, through um, uh, free association, as, as Freud might have suggested, or through uh, formal conversation or uh, some of the psychotherapeutic modalities, the idea was that communication could heal. But as you mentioned, as the years have gone on, psychotherapy, at least done by clinicians, is not so simple. And you have to stay in your hole. You have to do it a certain way. Don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. And these people have lost their voice. So those people are the ones who, when I can speak with a coach, when I can coach coaches or, in fact, coach therapists or coach clinicians, and they get aligned with themselves, it's sort of like the experience that you've described for yourself, David. You become aware you could become alert, you become aligned. And who you then be when you're a healer is someone who can know that you can keep going straight on the line on the path that you're on. There are no right. twists and turns, you don't have to hide, you don't have to contract, you can speak your truth. And 
people are deeply refreshed by another person having truth. So you come in touch with yourself and as a healer, you become such a profound gifted healer when in fact you're more aligned with your true voice. So that's one group of people that I've helped. So when you have, you said that when you actually have, and I agree, being a healer is critical to be connected. So you're connected with a given patient or, or client and you, you made a comment that symptoms, physical symptoms and mental symptoms often disappear. Flat out, man. Mental and so can you, can, you tell, can you discuss that for a second? Yeah, you know, I think what we're really seeing is that the end expression of these physical symptoms is usually sourced far away from the site from which they're being expressed. So even if it's a blemish at the end of your finger or it, in, like you and I have talked about the um, the back pain, you know, the back pain that you might have carrying the weight of the world on yourself and, you know, feeling contracted or constricted, having your body be um, sort of misaligned out of place. Uh, this causes all sorts of physiological problems. So when speaking with another, but not just speaking with another, radically listening to and with another person, right? Uh, these things, the, the stresses that led to the contractions or the distortions or um, contortions that, that happened to our body and our spirit, then are allowed to relieve themselves. And the human body or the human spirit is so remarkable in its resilience that is eager to snap back into an optimized state. Right. And with just a little bit of help, a little bit of nudge, a little bit of push, as long as we are true to ourselves as the clinicians, as the providers, as the healers, allows for the healing of another. So it's, it's a natural process and one to be in awe of than one to be at cause of, for sure. Right. Yeah. So Fred, thank you very, very much for your time. Um, I think we have to do another podcast or two here. Right. There's lots of, lots of things to unpack here. Um, but I just think to summarize this session here is that whether you're a physician or anybody, it's hard to really be connected to other people unless you're connected to yourself. That's right. And it's particularly true with physicians. And I, I'm, I'm just using us as an example because I'm obviously most familiar with it. But when, you, when you're under a lot of stress, your brain physiology, physiology changes, the brain, the blood supply to your brain actually shifts away from the thinking center to the survival centers. You can't even think straight. So right. you can't be creative. You can't reach out. <clears throat> and so it's a learned skill to learn to calm yourself down, to be able to listen. It's a learned, trained skill. It's not magical. It's not hard. It just takes some repetition and learning. But once you switch the paradigm of how to regulate your body's chemistry, to be with who you are, and you start to suspend judgment, you get to watch yourself. It Life becomes incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. Then your patients become incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. And life changes complexion completely. That's right. <clears throat> right. Right. So, and that's what Fred and I are doing this. And I'm, I'm so excited to have this conversation with him because um, it's just nice talking to like-minded people because, you know, most of our colleagues don't exactly think like this. And so we're, uh, our wish, I think for both of us really strongly is to help more of our colleagues to help find their own connection because they're suffering. Right. When your physicians are suffering, there's hard to actually connect with your suffering. So when we see patients and clients heal, we see other fellow colleagues heal. Um, that's why you and I are doing what we're doing. That's right. Exactly. So 
Um, so for just to summarize, I just want to make sure we know how to access you. Um, you have okay, we, the one website you have is the one website. If I have to choose it, we'll be call it. We'll call it Dr. Fred, Dr. Fred, and Welcome to Humanity .net. Uh, that's where you're going to find me that that is under some construction at this point. So a new branding is here. Now that I've really pulled out of conventional psychiatry, a new Fred is there. This is a, you know, three or four years ago is when we laid down the old, the old brand and the new brand. I have a number of people working on really, uh, now that I've reached a new level of alignment with myself that you have just spoken to, uh, the brand is being upgraded and it presently houses my two podcasts, my two proud baby children, uh, insanity and, and, um, welcome to humanity that come out of there. And then there's, um, the opportunity to find to hit the discovery, uh, buttons, uh, uh, to create a discovery session with me. A 30 minute session typically where we go over what's ever there for you with respect to anyone you're caring for yourself and um, if you're a coach a therapist a doctor that's a space to set up a half hour appointment a half hour session a half hour conversation and really look at the, whether or not this is something you want for yourself so that you can become more effective in a world so that you can be have a more optimized life where you're really up until now probably sub optimization has been residing and there's a real space to the magic of finding your aligned real voice and then delivering that. And that's my specialty at this point, David. Fantastic. Thank I love you. it. So I totally enjoy this podcast. I appreciate you being on it. Yeah. And I'm excited about what we can do together going forward. I think we'll have I'm some fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool. Thanks, Thanks. David. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Fred Moss, for being on the show today and for sharing his insights about healing with transformational coaching. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.thedocjourney.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.